Hello everybody, and welcome to This Game Where with me, Ashley. And me, Chris. Hello everyone, hope you're okay. How are you, Ashley? Oh, I was going to ask you, that's okay. Hi, I'm okay, thank you. How are you? You're in good spirits. Just Yeah, me. that was the exact phrase that I used before we started recording. Ha- yes, nice phrase. Yeah, okay, good. I am. I am. Are you? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I was gone down like, I'm bathing in vodka or something, I don't know. What? Oh, right. Spirits. I've gone spirits spirit. ghosts. Ah, okay. And then couldn't think of any names of any famous ghosts. I can think of loads now. Casper. Uh, uh, yeah, there's one. Egon. Slimer. Egon Spengler. Egon, yep, spoiler. Whee! <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> uh, is there a new, there's a new Ghostbusters game coming out, isn't there? There is. VR. Oh, is it VR? Oh, okay. Mm. Cool. Have you played the Ghostbusters game that you bought over a decade ago yet? What do you think the answer to that is? I think it's no. I checked up last year. I think on the same day, but I haven't kept it in the diary, so it might have been a different one. Um, and you said no then, so I'm saying I'm saying no. Yeah, no, no, it's, ah. it, it's a no. I, I did think okay. about doing it for an episode of the podcast at some point, just to actually mean I play it. Um, so who knows? Maybe it'll come for Halloween. I feel like you said that last time, and you still haven't done it, so it's probably yeah. not going to happen. Nah. Now, has there been a remake of that recently? I think there might have, like a remaster. It got re-released on the Switch, and I bought it again to see if I could play no! it. No! Did you really? Yeah. So you've bought it twice? Yep. And still not... So you've spent... Uh, did you buy it new the first time? I bet you did. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So that would have been about £40. And then another... Did you buy it, like, in a sale for the Switch? Please say yes. Yeah, You didn't, yes. did you? You didn't. I can't remember. Oh. So was it? I think it it maybe was a full price game. So you spent nearly a hundred pounds on a game that you'd never played. Yeah, but you know, Dan Aykroyd will have in that money. I've paved his way for using for his vodka skull empire. Why are we friends? Many reasons, but when List you them. when you sit and think about them, like the the reasons that why we very shouldn't frivolous. Be friends. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the reasons why we shouldn't be friends. What are the reasons why we shouldn't be friends? Well, that. Because that you abject... frivolously throw away money on games that you never play. Yeah. I do the same. Well, <laughs> so... there you go, then. <laughs> Maybe just... that's, that's part of it. We're two sides of the coin. I'm holding you to a standard that I don't live up to myself, which is definitely fine. <laughs> it's part of the human condition. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Swiftly, please. swiftly. This week, I think you're going to enjoy... What I've got for you. Good. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's 99.99% certainty. It is a 99.99% certainty that you're going to be very happy with what we're doing this week. Oh, good. That's nice. Are you ready? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. It's this game where three generations of a family race to and fro across a galaxy, wrestling with the forces of life, the universe and everything, sometimes working together and other others taking each other on, all in the name of making little number into big number. Little number into big number? Yeah. It's a game what has numbers what get big and oh. make you feel... Mm. So it's Lego Star Wars, I'm guessing? It's Lego Star Wars. Great. The Skywalker saga. Right. I, I did wonder if there's a pop-up after... You bought it a couple of weeks ago after me raving about how good it is. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. It's popping up because I feel like it's worth talking about. Mm. Yeah, I agree. 
Now, we bought it on the PC a couple of weeks ago, like you say, and we've played it. I forgot to look how many hours, but I look now. Bear with me. This is definitely not me filling. That's going to be really pleasant for the listener to hear back. Uh, We've played it for about 15 hours in the last week. Good game. So, yeah, it's not too bad, is it? I know it's not like uh, pro gamer levels of... of, uh, Hours spent or whatever, but it is, it is for gamer, sure. So mm, debatable. Well, uh, yep, but it's it's captivated us. We've really enjoyed playing it, and we do have a history of playing the Lego games. The, the reason for that is because they're like really fun little cooperative affairs, and this is no different. This is it does take a lot from that blueprint that was laid down, but it also refines that blueprint in a number of very um, effective ways to to steal a phrase that you use often. Eff- effective, it's very effective. Do it's I say effective, that? Effective, Chris. You do, yeah. Do I? Yeah, you right. do. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's effective, uh, especially when you get stuck. It, it's kind of like so. I used to be an English teacher, and um, uh, you always teach kids don't just say that something's been done because it's effective. And I'm I'm wondering whether you ever actually had that lesson. I don't think I did. No, I think I must have been. No been poorly that day the writer made the guy's hair straight uh because it was very effective that sort of answer you know right the tension in the second chapter of that book was very effective <sighs> we're, really, is... we're really hyper aware of that going forward now good that's my way of calling so you thanks out for on that it. it's okay anyway though it this is effective i can't remember <laughs> what, about what what we... <laughs> what how, what did I say was effective? Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. It's it's the most effective Lego game it's yet. The most effective Lego game yet. Yeah, they've they've sharpened the game up, rounded off some of the rough edges, and I am having an absolute blast with it. You've played it. You got it before I did. Yeah, well the thing is, it's it's so so incredibly big that it's I've massive. been saying it. So you asked me when I a couple of weeks ago when you first got it, you said to me, um, how long have you been playing it and what's your kind of percentage? So I had a look. I have been playing it for, according to the Switch uh, dashboard thingy, I've played between 65 and 70 hours and I'm just under 50% done. Yeah. And that's, which is... And none of that time spent has been dossing around just meandering about. It's like I've been mission, 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 boom, 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 side quest, mm. side quest. Like, yeah, I've been eking out every every minute of enjoyment from it and i'm still at that point which just goes somewhere to show how blooming big the game is i think yep i can't remember with previous entries in the lego franchise of games i can't remember whether just just how long they could go like if you did a 100 and me and hannah often would 100 these games um but i do feel like it was less than 70 hours even if you really rinsed everything from it by a significant margin, I'm thinking like 40, maybe. Yeah, well, this, this is now going to be the third Lego game we've covered in the podcast. We've done DC it is. Super Villains, and we've done Lego The Incredibles. Mm. They're the ones I've played the most recently, really. I don't. Neither has come close, I don't think. No. So this is a this is absolute mammoth. And one of the reasons it's an absolute mammoth in relation to the other games is that it doesn't just cover you've you mentioned dc supervillains and uh, the incredibles the incredibles is going to be the most helpful uh comparison here because it covers is it two films yeah yeah so it covers both the incredibles films and 
there's a, a sort of a fairly um I mean it's not it's not super in depth, but there's a broad brush strokes uh, approach to the plot of those two films in the in the Lego Incredibles and, and each level is based around a certain section of the film. Yeah. And that's the that's the pattern that they followed all the way from the original Lego Star Wars, the first in the series. They've they've taken a film, or in the case of Lego Incredibles, two films, um and, and in and, and varying different degrees uh, for other things like Indiana Jones, which I think was the three films uh, that existed at the time, and Pirates of the Caribbean. I think that was uh, three films, possibly. I think so, yeah. It spanned the trio, um, but they would generally apply the same um, structure to it. It'd be about fifteen levels usually, and they would break down the plot of a film, or in some cases, a trio or duo of films. Um, here they have taken nine. Nine films, every uh, every main entry in the in the Star Wars franchise, and they have given each of those. I think is it five levels. Five so levels, every yeah. film has five levels, which means that there are forty five levels in the game. However, in between those levels for each of the films, there will be a like a hub world or two. I I found actually, yeah. occasionally you'll go from hub world to hub world without a level. Um, and each of those hub worlds is dotted about with different activities to do, side quests to do, bricks to find, uh, d- data cards to find. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just massive. It, even just forty five levels would have been huge, but there are there are levels outside of the levels. It's it's insane. Really. Initially, when I first got it, those hub worlds put me off quite a lot because I got into a. I mean, one one of the things the game does, which one of the things and now got out of funk I really like, is you can start episode one, episode four, or episode seven, at basically the start of any of the trilogies and work through them. But you can jump in and out. So you can let's say you start episode four, you get to episode five and think, okay, I'm gonna leave that there, I'm gonna go back to episode one, and then you can play through episode one, two, and three, and then you can then go back to episode five, and then you can go into episode seven. I really like that structure of it. Yep, I, I, started, off, I started off episode four, um, as it's the, the first Star Wars film um, to be released, I guess. And I was in this sort of frame where I was going level, then go to a hub board. The hub boards are massive. To, to mop up all the things, which is what I was doing, which was taking a good couple of hours. Then I was doing the next level. Okay, now I'm in another hub world. I've got another two hours worth of, of stuff to do. And I started to get a bit bummed out by just how vast the game was and just got a bit fed up of that cycle. Mm. And then I kind of leaned into it and really, really embraced it and um, ended up really enjoying it because once you get over that, you know, the way the Lego games, lots of games like this are structured, you don't have to do that. I've got a friend, for example, that's completed this game. He's gone through all 45 levels and to him, it's done. He said, I'm not going to touch the rest of it because there's just so Mm. much stuff. I want to unlock everything. I want to do the 100% because I think the game is so effective. I think the game is so good that I I just, I, I want to eke out every single nook and cranny because I, yeah. as has been come through the previous uh, Lego entries we've done in this, I really like Lego games and they're fantastic. Uh, the other thing that you really like and comes up frequently uh, and is something that I really like is uh, a world to explore. Yeah, definitely. And what this is really offering you is a a multitude of tiny little worlds to get stuck into all the nooks and crannies around. 
But one and of the things I, I really enjoy about it is how it feels like a living, breathing galaxy. Like they've made Star Wars feel real. Mm. So you'll do a side quest and it might be something you've got to go from planet Jakku, which is the planet that Ray's in in the start of episode seven. And they might ask you to go to Tatooine from episode four and go and do something over there to then bring it back to Jakku. And it, it just feels like an actual galaxy. And that's yeah. one of the things I like about it is the fact that it feels like it's, it, for me, I've not got much to kind of fall on, but it just feels like they've realised the Star Wars universe. It could almost be, you could strip away those 45 levels you've talked about and just explore the Star Wars universe. I would be quite happy with that. It almost feels mm. like those 45 levels are almost like a side to that. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're onto something there. And uh, they are, I actually think that I, the part that I enjoy the most is the bumbling around those different, worlds that you get dropped onto and finding as much out about yeah. them and in them uh, as I can and and stumbling over little mysteries or secrets or easter eggs um I, I I should say I think it's come up before but I'm not a huge Star Wars fan although I have now watched as an adult all of the Star Wars films I hadn't up until last year I don't think and last year I um rewatched as, for the first time as an adult the original trilogy i found, i watched them when i was a kid and i found them very mm. boring yeah um and they're much better than i gave them credit for i don't i still don't really understand how so many kids like them because they are about uh trade wars uh, yeah for the most part uh, and uh, uh religious sects it is a strange one i don't i don't understand the I don't understand. I do. I do. No, don't understand. Um, but aside that aside, um, what I am really enjoying is the variety of of uh, the universe, the the different worlds that you do land on. There, there's so much different about them, even um, even across one film. And I think they do. They do go to great pains in the films. Certainly, these new ones they go to great pains to make places that feel distinct. Yeah. Uh, the case, the the good example that I can think of is that I know that people, people, the mass had a good old moan about the last Jedi. But one of the most striking images out of that trilogy, I think, was the salt world that they end mm -hmm. up on, where Kylo Ren's trying to batter the door down, and Luke Skywalker comes out, and they have a fight in the in like the red sandy the, stuff yeah. underneath us it's, i think that whole visual of the white and the red and and the throwing up the dust i think it's fantastic that place called crate which i, I have you seen the film but now i've actually, actually explored crate as part of like a mm. star wars it, it's now ingrained in my memory there are so many of those as well i i think and i feel like having experienced the ones that i've experienced i don't remember the names sorry but in lego star wars i'm appreciating them even more i'm enjoying them even more I really liked n popping around Luke's Island. Oh, Acto. That's a yeah. really lovely place. Acto. Yeah, that's, Sorry, that's, yeah, that's probably my favourite. <laughs> Very good. That's one of my favourites I've done so far. Cause I just, it looks so nice. It reminds me of something out of... I know for episode 7, they did some filming in the Lake District. That is That island, I'm sure, is a British island. I don't think that is in the Lake District, but I think it is... 
it, it an feels, actual island off the coast. It feels like something out off the coast of Ireland, like the the, mm. the cragginess and the. I think it's mm. it's really pretty, and, and just exploring that, I found that really satisfying. Just the the environment, I guess. But leave that to what you just said. Then it's I enjoyed of... the verticality of that level. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, I called it a level. I enjoyed the verticality of that hub world. Mm. The fact that you you were moving up the island, and then at the very top is that little chamber that Luke Skywalker does his Jediing in. But I, what, one of the things that I also really enjoyed about that was the um the alienness of it in a strange way i i felt being uh, as a character having come to that island basically none of those none of the people that lived there none of the aliens that lived there spoke a language that i could understand and i was dropped on there i was trying to talk to people communicate with people and failing left right and center and i just i really enjoyed that because most a lot of the time especially with the likes of the Lego franchise, games are trying to um, make things nice and easy for mm-hmm. you. And I just really enjoyed this new experience of being uh, put in a position where I didn't understand anything that was being said to me. I just uh, I know it was a tiny little part of that of the experience of that hub world, but it's something that really struck me. It's like I've said it. It's that idea of being an actual character within that universe. You know, if you were, if that was you, that would be the experience you would go through. Yeah. So with that one thing that I really like about the way these levels are constructed is how, and we talked about this a few episodes ago with Spider-Man, it feels like Traveller's Tales have rinsed every aspect of Star Wars lore, like graphic novels, books, other films that have come out. And there's so many references to things that I'm not that into Star Wars massively. The fact I can name Crate is because I've been exploring it as part of Lego Star Wars. I wouldn't know that up until then. But when this game first came out in April this year, 2022, I was really enjoying reading articles about, oh, this mission you go on, it's a reference to this book. Mm. <clears throat> uh, one that's, that stuck out in particular um, was there's a robot in, I think it's in Tatooine, one of the two places in Tatooine, and it's this this robot that, that I'm not even going to try and tell the story, but basically it's like this really dark aspect of Star Wars that's hinted at, and I think a graphic novel or something, it's a robot that that's seen its owner get killed and it's sort of it's retreated in on itself and there's Mm. there's a mission you have to do that revolves around that robot but it's such a niche easter egg within the star wars galaxy and the fact they've gone to some effort to actually recreate this easter egg i actually think it's brilliant absolutely the levels themselves i actually think are, are more engaging than possibly any of the lego games i've played that sometimes despite myself and hannah playing these games to completion it gets to a point where there there is a bit of a see you talked about a feeling like it might be a bit of a slog and that turning you off with skywalker saga well i don't actually think that's anything new about the lego franchise because you know like lord of the rings lego lord of the rings and lego the hobbit two of my favorite books and uh film series uh, although the hobbit not the, not the hobbit films so much two of my favorite things and yet, by level 12, I was thinking, ah, I'm going to have to have a break because I just couldn't. I think Hannah sometimes gets frustrated playing these games because she really likes them and really likes to uh, plough through them. And I always get to a point, almost invariably, where I have to stop and then we start a, a, a sort of slower pace right. of going through the levels because back to back to back, level 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 it just ends up feeling too samey too um 
too much like I'm going over the same ground again and again. Mm-hmm. Even it, there, there wasn't very much service paid to the story that was on offer. Here, I think there's a decent amount of variation. I like the addition of um, of an actual shooting uh, mechanic. I think that's really good and well implemented. Within battles, it used to be just hammer the, the Y button or whatever the equivalent is on PlayStation or Xbox controllers and just hammer, hammer, hammer. Whereas if there's more nuance to it, you can defend and, and you can use other buttons to attack as well. And what enemies do, I don't know if you've noticed, if you keep hammering Y, they will learn to deflect that and then they'll start defending themselves against it. So the game actively makes you use these different combos when you're playing a jedi character you can use your lightsaber you can throw your lightsaber and you can also mm. hold your lightsaber and then do a thing where they deflect laser bolts back at enemies as as well like the way they've yeah. implemented all these different things in their battles in fact you can hide behind things there's destructible cover you can use which enemies can then destroy and then you've then got to rebuild using lego pieces to make it back up again or you can then go to another piece of cover and then you can crouch behind it and do the thing where you can swing the camera around from behind the cover and shoot at the enemies and then go back in again. It's such a well-implemented shooter and that's just within this this game. Yep. I think that... So one of the things that maybe you haven't experienced is um, the combat system here is actually drawing on some innovations that they uh, they put into some of their later... Fair. I think Lego Ninjago actually started with, um, started the route of, uh, started going down the route of a combo system in their right. in their combat, um, and then this is this is built on it and and thought a little bit more. the The problem with the combat system was it's uh, the the combo system was that it still felt like you could just button mash, mm. and and frankly you could, and you can still hear to some extent, but there is a little bit more. Uh, nuance to it a little bit more uh, to think about you do have to swap buttons every so often um, because they do start to block you it is still a bit button bashy but in a more considered way and and maybe a more engaging way the previous games also they got into a, a, a stride very early on in terms of the character types that they would offer so there was almost always a character with laser eyes or some kind of equivalent yeah. that could blow up um, metal boxes and there was almost always a big strong character that could pick things up and throw things and there was always a little character that could squeeze into um, into holes that always looked the same from game to game and franchise to franchise. There's still that element here but they've rethought how they approach it so one of the fun things that you can do in in the Skywalker saga is that you can pop C-3PO set apart and if you pop him apart, he will fit into gaps, like the the little doors. And I I think, yes, it's the same it's the same mechanic, but they've reinvented the way that they're doing it in a way that is humorous and fun. Yeah, you can also they've got puzzles where this popping apart mechanic, um, they're they're puzzles. They're they're very easy to uh con to resolve, but you can pick C three O C three P O. C-3PO. You can pick C-3PO and and throw half of his body uh, up to a higher height or to a far far off area or something like that um, as a way to utilise him. Or use a Jedi character to to levitate him up and think the the upper half of his body to where you want to go to. Yeah, exactly. So really, in short, if I was going to try and summarise what I'm trying to get at, they have they've still got the same sort of character 
uh, system and they've got people with different traits. You've highlighted the Jedi's uh, or Sith's traits uh, and they do have protocol droids like C-3PO who do various different tasks and things but they've they've mixed it up significantly enough that it doesn't feel necessarily like I'm replaying an, a Lego game for the 50th time. Yeah. Well, what I like doing as well, linked to characters, is there's nearly 400 characters that you can unlock within the game as well. And what I like doing is, is my little roster. Right, I'm, I'm going to choose for my Astromech, I'm going to choose, like, just choosing a random out of the 10 or so that I've unlocked already. So I then end up with, I can't think of whatever character I end up with, but deliberately trying to not play with C3PO just so I've got a, a bit of difference as well. But even when the characters, you've got that idea of them really not dredging, but them going out of their way to find more unusual characters. There's one, for example, I'd never heard of. Um, uh, have you heard oh. of R2KT? No. Don't yeah, think so. Th- this is one I'd never heard of, and it was one I, it was an article that came out around the time. So R2KT is an astromech like R2D2, but it's got mm. pink instead of blue. That was because there's a... So I'm going to probably mangle the story slightly here, but get, you'll get the essence of it. There's, there was a girl who was terminally ill, massive Star Wars fan. And there's oh. something about how she wrote to uh, Skywalker Ranch, isn't it? Where the, the, the film studio is based. Yeah. Yeah. She wrote well, to... She, I don't know. I said yeah. But yeah, let's say yeah. I'll, I'll rephrase it. And she wrote to the people behind Star Wars. to I, I can't remember the ins and outs of it, but basically saying I'm a massive Star Wars fan. Da, 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 and they created this robot in her honor because the girl's called Katie. Mm, and so R two K T is named after this girl, just as a little nod to her. And I just that's such a lovely thing for that character to exist, but for that character to then be within the Lego game as well. So you can go around playing as this pink droid that's mm. named after this girl. So I go out of my way to make sure I have that in my roster because I just think mm. it's such a nice reference. A nice touch, yeah. Yeah. I absolutely. I, I didn't know that, but it's it is yeah. But you've Thank got you You've got the kind of the, the main character classes you've already mentioned. You've got your Jedi, Sith, your scoundrel characters like Han Solo that can mm-hmm. fire uh, guns. You've got your, your bounty hunter. But then there's also the extra characters. And that's where you've got characters like Jabba the Hutt who don't fit into yeah. those classes. So you have got that that breaking free of that, those characters that don't fit within those. One of them, for example, is the Rancor, which is the character in episode six that um, Jabba the Hutt uh, throws Luke into the the pit, and there's that massive oh, yeah. creature out. So you can, mm. you control that, and it's this character, this well, not minifig because it's not mini, but it's it's hulking. It's so much bigger than the other ones in comparison. Mm. And I like stomping around the these open worlds as the Rancor. It's just really fun. Yeah, it, that is that where they have a big like a, a in the pit. Yeah, yeah, uh, like the Colosseum yeah. style. Yeah, gladiator type thing. Cool. Uh, what's it called? The Rancor? Yeah, R-A-N-C-O-R. Well, yeah, that sounds exactly my cup of tea and, and one of the reasons that I, I am enjoying the game so much. Um, Space Battles. That's another thing that they've added, just to touch on that. And I actually quite enjoy them. And I, I yeah. quite enjoy the flying uh, controls. I think they've done a pretty good job with those. They feel very 
dogfighty. The 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 fact they you can, do that you can barrel left and right and you can dodge and so yeah. every planet you visit. And I think there's probably you're looking at about thirty planets. Most of them with just one area to visit. One of these hubs we talked about, but some of them have much more than one. Tatooine, for example, I think has about four or five as you go through the mm. whole trilogy. Well, not trilogy, as you go through all three trilogies. But each of those planets has then got this space area to explore around the outside where you can engage in, as I said, dogfights with the First Order or the Empire. You can unlock extra characters. You can do runs from this planet to this planet to this planet if you're taking cargo you can engage in races you can do battles with bounty hunters you encounter and again as i keep saying this the way they've gone to these great lengths to make it feel like a universe of populated by characters it really does feel like it yeah the um i think what might what hopefully is coming across is the vastness of it all of the whole endeavor and uh, another thing something that you actually highlighted to me but i'd already sort of picked up on without realizing it um the game is fully voiced and it's not just fully voiced in the sense of all of the main characters are fully voiced and they have dialogue and things the game has all of these extra side missions and every one that gives you a side mission will have a unique uh, dialogue for opening up the mission and closing the mission and how many side missions are there hundreds literally oh, hundreds yeah, of them yeah yeah and then on top of that set of uh, sort of side mission dialogues you have just these random characters strewn around all of these hub worlds who when you talk to them they'll say something casual um and sometimes those casual things are as you've suggested um in other situations sometimes these are like little easter eggs to that are nods towards different things in the star wars universe um and sometimes they're just like little throwaway fun lines or silly lines and sometimes they're just throwaway lines like so they're not, sometimes they're just not even trying to be funny they're just just like like hey i can talk yeah <laughs> i can i can talk they give me a line for some reason i don't know why and um i think i mean I I think I think about that and I think uh, how much that must have cost uh, for a start to get all of that uh all of that voice acting done but then also how lavish it feels and how you've you've mentioned that you feel like the universe has, be, has been brought to life well actually I think one of the things that helps that is that you can talk to so many people mm. so many people want to talk to you the easter egginess it reminds me a lot of the three films that family guy did where they based on the original trilogy where they did mm. they family guide it with and they populated with those little references but obviously it's it's so much more than that because it's not just those three films it, it's it's all nine of them and those little references are what makes it as i've said i'm not a massive star wars fan particularly and there's there's lots that i get but then equally i'm well aware there's going to be lines and references things i have no knowledge of whatsoever that people who are reading star wars will understand what what is being referenced there and the fact it works on these levels and when you're watching the, the cut scenes you know there'll be things where i understand what's being referenced there and it's being done in, in a quite a tongue-in-cheek way and I think that's quite mm. funny as well because it doesn't take itself as all the lego games as is the case with all the lego games it doesn't take itself seriously it takes the source material and does runs with it a little yeah, bit in yeah, a comedy direction and that was another element of the Lego games previously that I felt like was they were running out of material and they you'd often see the same sorts of gags done across uh, the different um, franchises. I think here they've really sat down. They they've 
they've sat down again and they've thought, look, how how do we do this the way we used to do it? How do we liven this up again? How do we make it more fun? There was a really cool, like I thought it was cool anyway, there was a cool bit. And I, Hannah says this might be a an Easter egg as well, but she couldn't remember exactly. Uh, but there's a bit on, I think we're on the ninth film, where you go to a desert world and there's like a, a bazaar where they, it's the one where they have the smoke firework type things. So, and in one corner of that... So that's the point I've got to in episode nine. I've got to that planet and I decided, actually, I'm kind of done with the story at this point And I've just gone off for the past probably five to six hours of gameplay. I'm just going off and doing loads of side quests, which is another thing. I know we've got tangent. Another thing I like about it, the fact that I can just pause the main game and just go off and do my own thing for yeah. that amount of time and then drop back into the, the main plot. Anyway, sorry, yeah. carry on. That's okay. In one corner of this bazaar, there is a little theatre thing going on, theatre um, tent set up. It almost reminds me of, um, Punch what's and Judy. it called? Punch and Judy, yeah. And they they give you, there's a, there's a mission that you can do there, a side one, side quest type thing, where it will tell you the story of Star Wars from the very beginning to the end. Uh, with all of the main characters and the main moments, but everybody's name is slightly off. So um, I can't remember any of them. Can no, I can't either. But I, I know exactly the bit you mean. Oh, I know that. I know that Luke is referred to as Duke. That yes, yeah. Um, and so you see these puppets uh, duke it out, and everybody's names are all slightly off, and the story is a bit kooky. And and I, I really like as well that it's like a little um, Matryoshka type situation where you've got this game that is so grand and vast and uh, ridiculously, uh, ridiculously scoped. And then inside it, it's got this very potted version of the exact same story. And yeah. it takes two minutes to run through. I, th- I think that's in itself that the, the meta um, relationship between the two. Uh, entities, the game and this theatre show that's being told in the game, it is, I, I really enjoyed it, I thought mm. it was funny um, and on top of that, Hannah tells me uh, she she sort of paused and went, hang on, it can't be uh, and apparently this, this theatre story is a story that um, a dad told his daughter who was very young sort of three or four he told his daughter this story and she was getting the names wrong and he would just take the names and adapt them into his telling of the of the story to his daughter of star wars and then they've taken that like internet thing and they've pulled it out and wow. they've slapped it in the game that's brilliant and I, I mean i don't hannah is a much bigger star wars fan than i am um but I think this is just something that she happened upon, you know, like people do when they're trawling the internet yeah. for, uh, to, to kill some time. She's happened upon this as a semi-niche but clearly quite popular um, thing on the internet. Uh, and then she's had a little, uh, you know, endorphin treat by seeing it uh, put into the, into the game. That lovely, those member berries. Yeah. 
Leave back to the levels briefly. One of the things I like about the levels is the way you, when you go through, you've got your, you unlock the mini kit and then they create a, a, a build that you can actually use and you can pilot in the space areas. But you've also got. I didn't level... know that because we haven't built any of our mini kits yet. We've not, we've not got five on any of the levels yet. Well, well, here's a, here's a hint for you. When you get to the races in space, because some of them are quite tough, the, the, the timings on them so i was going through the using the Millennium falcon and was thinking oh it's really it's really slow and cumbersome I'm, I'm really struggling but to me that's the quickest ship actually the mini ships that you can make using the mini kits are a lot nippier. much quicker mm. so there you go a little tip for you thank you the each of those 45 levels has also got three level challenges all three challenges yes are kept hidden from you don't know what they are yes. until you unlock i don't them. like that but you can you can use the unlock. So when you're going through the game, you get these things called Kyber Bricks. Kyber Bricks are the main currency that you get for completing levels. You get them as side quests. There's 1,200 of them. Let's go into the camera. Then we got the... You can then use this. So this is one of the many systems that that's a play within the game. Is there's a a, a skill tree, an, an unlock tree, so you can use these kyber bricks. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> as, a, as a whole separate system in itself. Yeah. You can use the kyber bricks to then unlock or buy, I guess, mm. different. So you, for all the characters, you can do things like make them run quicker or make them build quicker. But then each of these character classes, you've got your Jedi, your Sith, your scoundrel characters. You can do things. For, for those specific character classes for the scoundrels one of the things you can do is within the menus each of those levels has the three level challenges and you can buy what's called a rumor to basically yeah. give you a bit of a hint or in most cases basically tell you what to do in order to get that level challenge with the scoundrel character class you can buy a a way to make those cheaper and therefore oh. make them a bit easier to get. So the game kind of has systems. There's, there's a lot to, to talk about there. But they, the systems will kind of work together to make the game um, kind of easier to play, I suppose. Now, mm. level challenges is something I've encountered in Lego Star Wars, which I've been playing since it came out in April. But also, bizarrely, I noticed it, it was in Kirby as well, which I've also played this year. Oh. In, uh, so I don't know if maybe it's a thing. Is it in other games and I've just not played them? Certainly not that I know of. Right, okay. I, I think... I think um... No, I, I not off the top of my head. It, it feels like something that might have been around that I might have experienced before, but not that I can think of. That's what it felt like to me. It felt like it's it's a thing, and I just haven't played games that it's in, mm. and it just happens to be in these two games that I've played within quick succession this year. So, yeah. Yeah, I like the level challenges in principle. I don't like that they keep them secret from you. Yeah. Because it, it kind of certainly, in the first go, when you get told, oh, there were these three level challenges, by the way, that you didn't know about, and you've only got one of them, and the other two you didn't find. Yeah. It kind of feels like uh, an unnecessary uh, sort of admonishment of the player mm. in, a, in a tiny way, in a, in a very inconsequential way. But still, I did feel like if I knew what, what they were, even if they just told me the names of them you as a, like a hint, a yeah, yeah you, you can actually work towards it. Whereas having to do it and then get in the name it feels a bit ass backwards to me and often what happens is i'll be replaying a level and i will unlock a level challenge without even realizing i've done it you know exactly. one of the challenges might be something like shoot i don't know shoot three stormtroopers from around the corner or something i might have just done it as part of my natural going through the the game and then suddenly it pops up while you've done that level challenge oh okay and then some of them 
after I've bought the room that are using my scoundrel um, decrease in price, some of them are so difficult that I don't think it would be possible to actually do them by accident. You'd have to kind of go through and like you have to be told what to do in order to do it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do get what you mean. And I think if you were at least... It, yeah, I just think I think that is a bit uh, ill-considered, but yeah. not in a way that's going to ruin my experience, just in a way that is a bit... Yeah, it's a bit onerous, isn't it, really, to have to go through and buy a rumour for each of the challenges that you... And and uh, it kind of defeats the object of having uh, cool names for them or, or, or sort of um, obscure... Com- it's like, what do they call them? The crosswords. They have the easy ones and they <laughs> have the cryptic. Yeah. I like the idea that they give you a cryptic crossword type puzzle uh, phrase in the game as one of the challenges in the level. And then in order to complete it, you have to figure out exactly what it's getting at. I yeah. like that as a as an idea. And they because of the way they've implemented it, because you only find out what it's called after, um, it, it kind of defeats that whole uh, fun, engaging element of the game. Um, so, yeah. In, in order to get them, I've had to do the thing that we talked about in previous LEGO episodes. I've had to do the thing using the data cards. That's another collectible. It's also like Banjo-Kazooie. Within mm. each of the hub boards, there's, there are data cards. Each hub board has one of them. And you use those within another menu to buy what were... They're your red bricks, aren't your they? Your red bricks, exactly. So your stud multipliers, there's one that's mumble mode. That So that rather than characters being voiced, they will do the mumble as in the, the first LEGO Star Wars games and indeed yep. the first few LEGO games. And there's loads of these unlocks. So what I've done is I did the thing I've talked about before where you need to save up for your times two multiplier and then you buy that and then you save up your times four multiplier yeah. and you go through and I've now got this ridiculous multiplier where at the moment I've got like seven billion studs so I can just buy whatever I want. It doesn't actually matter, which then renders yeah. the whole system pointless. Moves. Yeah, exactly. And I, I ref- refer to that in the uh, in my beginning sort of this is the game, uh, th- this game where spiel, didn't I? Uh, because the, the Legos games generally have have often boiled down to make little number into big number in the form of these studs that you collect so that you can then buy all of the characters and buy all of the red bricks or, or and, and everything else that's on offer for uh, a stud value. It's the same here. It is. Let's let's be honest. Um, oh, completely. At the same time, though, whereas everything for me, uh, most of the time, everything revolved around making little number into big number with previous Lego games, I feel like the gameplay here is so much better, so much more engaging than previously that actually I'm not as fixated on that number. It's going up. It's going up because I'm doing things that make it go up, but I'm doing those things for the sake of doing those things as mm-hmm. opposed to to make my big number. Just to grind. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm not I'm not into I'm not doing the grinding. The grinding is happening in the form of gameplay, which is I know amazingly novel. innovative and yeah, super novel, but yeah, I I was I'm quite pleased to, to see that They've they've sort of solved Frex on that one. I I think they've figured it, figured it out, really. Yeah. So um, all of this we we've talked we 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 like the game. I think I that's coming across. I'm surprised at how much I like it. You let me have a you brought it around for me to have a go 
uh, probably early, yeah, April, just uh, shortly after it came out, wasn't yeah. it? And I played it on the Switch. I wasn't hugely taken with it, but there were a few uh, issues that it had. I don't know whether they're Switch related or because they, they hadn't been patched out yet. I don't know whether they're resolved now. But um, those are all, I'm playing on the PC. Those are all not a thing on the PC. Um, I don't have it. it. It looks absolutely gorgeous on the PC. Uh, it plays super smooth. Everything it is great. It's all hunky-dory on the PC. Which maybe point out at, at, at that point as well. The fact, the reason you bought it is because it was down to, was it like £23 or something you bought it for? And I've yeah, seen it was it £23. For, I've seen it for similar prices for the Switch. And for a game, as we keep saying, that is A, this good, but also this enormous at that price mm. is is ridiculous. It is, yeah. All of this, all of that, all of that positive stuff that we've been talking about, and and we do really like the game. All of it does kind of come at a price because one of the things that came out around the time of the release and slightly before, I think, was that the game was, or sorry, the staff behind making this were subject to a great deal of crunch. It's not the kind of thing you want to hear from what's supposed to be. Well, to be frank, it's not the kind of thing that I want to hear about any. Uh, game that I play ever really crunch crunch is unnecessary it, it's simple as that a, a game can be made without driving a work force into the ground and all too often that happens in our industry it shouldn't take seismic um, interventions from journalists and and the rest of the community to make a company change course on that and yet it keeps happening. It happened after Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, with Rockstar. And thankfully, things do sound like they are uh, improving now. I, I know that Jason Schreier recently wrote an article about things uh, moving forward uh, with with Rockstar. Um, Traveller's Tales had the same thing this year. It all revolved around the game engine. Because as you know, the game engine is brand new it's the first game this is skyward saga is the first game that uses it. it's called ntt don't really know what it stands for except for it probably stands for something traveler's tales maybe new Nude. traveler's tales well, of course you went there uh new new i'm gonna go for new um, or neo i would put money on new but be but it's the ntt engine and apparently uh, it was incredibly difficult to use. The The staff were really struggling with it. And uh, one small anecdote that I found uh, in researching this is that animations, that there are a lot of them in LEGO games, they're a very visual series of games, aren't they? And animations were taking hours longer to produce using the NTT engine compared to the previous engine that they were using. Okay. And if you think how vast this game is, yeah. how much extra time and effort and, and waiting and working all of this would have required, the the staff were crying out apparently to use it on Real Engine instead because there was the, there's a lot of sort of um quality of life things in Unreal that help help the developers to do their job well and quick. But the uh, Traveller's Tales management were insistent that they were they'd made this engine. They were damn well going to use it. Right. Uh, that was one of the reasons because it was delayed as well. This game a few times. Yeah, I think it was going to come out. If I remember rightly, it was it was due for release in twenty twenty. Obviously, that was the whole mm. 
Panny D or whatever. Mm, yeah. but it, so mm. it got kicked down the street quite a lot. But uh, yeah. yeah, and and the the engine seems to be the source of all or, or or a number of these problems, and the source of a lot of unnecessary crunch. Well, one of the things they one of the things they could have done was they that I think is good they didn't. They could have literally taken those missions from the first two Lego Star Wars games and indeed yeah. the third one because they did make one based around episode seven The Force Awakens. They could have just taken those missions and just plot them into this and they didn't. And that, I think it's really applaudable that they decided to go for something completely different. I can't quite remember between the games if there's any parity, if there are missions that cropped up in the original ones that appear in a, like a different mm. way in the Skywalker saga. I think what you're getting at is a game design uh, it is a game design angle as opposed to a yeah. technical angle. Yeah. The the problems weren't the game design uh, choices that were made. It was the decision that they had to persevere with this tool that wasn't fit for purpose. And and um, that caused a lot of real heartache, upset, uh, uh, probably sleepless nights and all kind. I imagine, mental and physical mm. health problems for people involved. The the thing that really is a kicker for me, and maybe it's a good thing, but I don't know. But apparently, they've made this one game with the engine. They're not making any more with it. They're going right. to use Unreal Engine for future games. So the thing that the employees, the, the thing that the developers that were on the boots on the ground doing all of the work, the thing that they were crying out for, the thing that they kept saying to the management, this would make our lives easier. That is now happening, but it's only happening because there was an outcry from outside the company, I, and it really bothers me. Mm. <laughs> it bothers me um, that that's happened. I mean, hopefully it will lead to better circumstances in the studio, but it should it should not take it should not take anything other than uh, listening to the employees and their their needs to make decisions like that and it's a shame that it has i think what the management wanted to do if i remember from what came out around the time was that they wanted to make this this like you know the lego game to end all lego games and they have done that we've mentioned a few minutes ago we mentioned the upgrade tree for example i remember reading something where one of the designers said that the management said we want you to include this and they said what well, something like obviously i don't know reference because i've not played them but they said do you want us to put the unlock tree from assassin's creed into a lego game that's aimed at children and i just said yes and they yeah. obviously then they've been told to jump they've then got to say okay hmm. it's downscoped slightly in skywalker saga but yeah for all intents and purposes they have implemented that and i think it works reasonably well it's it's not the the, the truth is as much as i uh have been enjoying this game i just don't think it's ever worth the make making people's lives hell in yeah. order to create things like this and there are companies few and far between at the moment but there are companies that are doing their best by their staff their employees and still making things that are sensational and that's where we need to be pushing the whole industry but not not through journalism that happens after the fact we shouldn't it shouldn't take waiting for a game to come out hearing the horror stories that people have endured to make that game and uh, for for uh, for things to change in a single company 
it shouldn't take that. I don't know what it what can be done. I don't know what should be done. There should be a proactive approach to it. I love games like this. I I I really enjoy this game. But I would be much happier if it was wasn't at the expense of people's uh, well-being. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So there you go. Soapbox put I'm putting my soapbox back. I I knew that I was going to have to talk about that and I wanted to talk about that because mm. it's something that I'm genuinely um bothered about but i don't want it to be the last thing that we talk about because okay. those people's efforts shine through in mm. this game that the, there's a lot of talent on show here everything's polished to a very high degree that the traveler's tales games uh, the the lego games are often known for being a bit buggy that is something that i haven't encountered i don't know whether that's because i waited a few months to play it on pc or not but that's certainly not something that I've encountered here. There's a I've, lot l- lower instance of bugs. I've had a few times where the game's crashed on me. Um, I've had a few okay. times where things haven't loaded in properly, but that might be to do with the Switch. Um, yep. So it's not completely bug-free for me. However, something that you and I have talked about in the past a few weeks, I just don't think this game should exist on the Switch. I think it's one of those voodoo games. Uh, that they seem to keep that seem to keep happening. There are some kind of I think there are wizards at work in the Switch porting community. The the various companies that port these huge games to the Switch, they're doing some kind of of witchcraft. It's phenomenal, and this is one of those games. Traveller's Tales to be able to 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 have the chops to be able to take something so lavish and grand and get it down to to a size that is uh able to work on the switch i think is phenomenal Mm. so impressive and if that comes with a few bugs if that comes with a few crashes um even so i think impressive is all hell like we we were talking last week about hypothesizing about where the series the lego series Mm. is going to go next because i've been playing while doing a bit of Lego Star Wars over the summer holidays. I've also been playing a bit of Lego Harry Potter with my daughter. And mm. while Lego Harry Potter, those two games, I guess, uh, years one to four, years five to seven, they are both still really good. The differences between those games and where they've ended up with Sky Wars Saga is so palpable. The, 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 the biggest, I guess, for me, is the fact that Sky Wars Saga is completely 3D. You've got your right analog stick used to move mm. the camera around freely. Lego Harry Potter is this fixed camera angle. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested to see where they go next with whatever game using and it also because... sounds like you'd like them to go in a certain direction and i i uh, to be honest think that that seems like the most probable direction well i, I but said... i'd also like to see something i'd also like to see them do something brand new i'd like to take see them tackle something um that we haven't seen before in the lego series at the same time, I'd also like them to make uh, some more Lord of the Rings stuff in this same style. So, yeah, you know, I, I, conflicted. My my theory is they're going to do a Lego Harry Potter. They're going to do a, a big old Harry Potter one where you you can explore Hogwarts to your heart's content and play through all eight films plus maybe the Fantastic Beasts ones as well. I don't know, but I'm very interested to see what happens next. Yep, yeah, I am too. As long as it happens ethically. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the last thing that I wanted to talk about 
and this is sort of tangential. It's it's very related because, as I've mentioned previously on on other other episodes of the show, Hannah and I play games on a almost weekly basis with some of our younger family members. Um, one of whom last week we um he came. We were looking after his dog, and well, while he went on holiday. And he came to pick up his dog and we were playing Skywalker Saga and he wasn't able to come in because it had to it was like a flying visit. And he opened the door and his dog ran up to him and was like, Oh, hello, hello, young man, I missed you. And he was like, Oh, is that is that Lego Star Wars? And he was super interested in that. But he couldn't come in and play it. So we rang him the next day and we used something called Remote Play Together on Steam. It's the first time I've ever used it. It's been around for a while. But Remote Play Together lets you do exactly that. It lets you play together remotely. So the, the two-player mode is in the game, which does work really well. You, you can be it does. on one planet. Player two can be off doing something completely different. Um, mm. you, you can't do. You can't have it where player one's doing something and player two's doing a story mission. You have to be doing. If you're doing a mission, you have to be both doing it at the same time. But it's so free to do whatever. It so absolutely I'm is. It's that as you said, remotely. Yeah, so the Fact. the the cooperative um, element of the game is something that people that have played Lego Star Wars will be familiar with because it's very similar. In in Except for there is a limit of two players, which I do understand. The remote play together is a Steam system that allows you to just utilise that, that cooperative mode in the game with somebody far away. So if you wanted to play, I... You'd, First off, you don't have to own the game. That's good. I all I all all you have to have is one copy of the game. I would send you. I would start the game. I would open up my friends list. I would click on your name. I'd say invite to join, and you accept. And almost instantaneously, the game will pop up on your screen at your wow, side. Wow, that's amazing. It it was pretty damn seamless when we were using it. It's the first time I've done it, and I'd like to evangelize about it. Uh, slightly because I was so impressed. We were playing it ten. Well, I think he's about fifty miles away, which isn't a huge distance. But uh, we were playing miles and miles apart, and he was enjoying playing a game that he doesn't have himself that we do. So, yeah, I'm very very impressed with that. Essentially, using that system, you could almost play demos of games, couldn't you? You know, if your friend has a game, you want to have a little toot on it with them, two player. Have a go on it for half an hour. If you like it, great. If you don't, well, you've not actually been taking money at all and you've had a go at it. What a fantastic yeah, it's system. Like, it's like old school borrowers. Uh, borrowing. Yeah. It's like old school borrowing or going around your friend's house, except you don't have to go around your friend's house. Even better. Even better. So, yeah, I, I wondered if you wanted to sod off now and uh, have a little bit of a tootle around on Lego Star Wars. The problem with the game is if I start playing it, I keep thinking of things I want to do and like getting distracted by this things. Sounds, this sounds like a no, Chris. And, it sounds like you're refusing. Well, um, I started playing it, I think it was last Thursday. I started playing it at about half past nine and I turned it off at about one o'clock in the morning. That, um, that's all right. It's not one o'clock yet. It's half past nine, in fact. So we could do that. We could do that. All right, then. Yes! <laughs> Turns about my arm. On a, on a school night as well. Yeah. <laughs> Nice one. Um, cool. 
Um, thank you ever so much to everyone for joining us. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed hearing a little bit about Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. I honestly can't praise it enough. I I want to really emphasise I'm not a huge Star Wars fan uh, by any stretch. But as Chris said, there are so many levels to this that you can engage with it on. And just from a pure gameplay aspect, it is so fun, so enjoyable. If you like Explore games, then it's definitely for you. Um, so yeah, I, I would I would highly recommend it. I think Chris would too. One hundred percent. Cool. If you do go and play it, uh, come and let us know on the social medias. All of them. I can't remember what they are. I'm not going to bother trying. But do come find us on one of them uh, and let us know how you got on with it, uh, yeah, whether you liked it or not. Let us know if you finished it because I, I want to know what happens at the end after I've invested what's going to end up being 150 hours. I, I know I could Google what happens at the end of the game, but I kind of don't want to. I've put so much time into it, I want that to be an actual surprise. Although I'm fully aware oh. that whatever it's going to be at that point of the game, having committed everything, it's going to be completely useless. But, you know, it, it's all part of the fun, isn't it? Oh, you think there'll be like some kind of fun, here you go, like I th- a car I think poo? I, I think what will happen is you'll probably unlock like a bonus minifigure. It'll be like I don't know, Darth Vader in a with a Santa hat two, on two. A, a, right, and, okay. and then that'll be that. That, okay, cool. Guess. I didn't even think about there being a reward for finishing the game. I thought it was its own reward. But there we go. Uh, thank you again. And uh, enjoy enjoy your adventures in deep space across the galaxy. And we'll see you next week for another episode. Bye. See ya. See ya.